The current progress of calculating my biological age based on mostly fitness trackers and not so much very expensive measurements. So first of all, why biological age makes so much sense? This is your life and your life looks like this. And as you age and as most people age, maybe there are some outliers, but most people age. And as they age, and also because time increases, but also they age because time increases, mortality goes up. What is mortality? It's the likelihood that you die in the next year. So now, if you die, if your likelihood that you die in the next year for a 90-year-old, maybe like 50% or maybe 20% and then reaching 50%, and for someone like me, maybe less than this, of course only, I don't know if also accidents and so on and so forth are calculated within mortality. Would be interesting if it was, but let's just say it's just mortality as of you dying just because of you aging or just because of you having a disease and not somebody else interfering with your life. So now, as this increases, your chance of dying increases drastically. So what now if instead of having the mortality of maybe almost 100% of a 100-year-old, let's just say it's that easy, Let's say it's 100 years and 100% mortality. What if instead of this mortality, you could get the mortality again of somebody half of your age, let's say 50 year. And that's the concept of biological age. So of someone that is equivalent to a different age group. So this is the main concept. You take the average of the current population. I don't know which current population it actually is. Is it maybe weight is the American population, for example, weighed more in because there are more measurements taken and so on and so forth. And are the people actually currently dying already in the measurements and so on and so forth? This, these are, of course, many questions. But of the measurements that exist, it makes sense to reduce your biological age. And since age is something that everybody already has and being younger and feeling younger and feeling like you just 50 years ago or 25 years ago or five years ago is something you can relate to, at least to some extent, if you can remember. Maybe you can't remember because maybe the brain is very, very bad at predicting different states of our own even. But let's just say you would be younger than you actually are, then this is biological age. Your body is younger or is equivalent to a younger version of you or not so much to a younger version of you because of course this is not individualized but this is much more based on the averages of the population. So now here is the current progress of reversing my biological age. I do not have actually a baseline. So I do not have a baseline from me measuring my biological age at 20. But what I do have is my chronological age. So I therefore just see this as how much away from my biological age can I actually, from my, how much distance can I basically keep? Keep because I do get older. And ideally, the value, the ideal value, the optimum value of your biological age would stay the same and therefore you wouldn't die because your mortality wouldn't increase and you could only die from external causes, but not from internal causes. The first clue is my body composition. So my body composition can be measured, of course, with different measurement methods. The one that is available to me is a body fat scale that I have in my bathroom. So therefore I have access to it. In addition, my Galaxy Watch 4 from Samsung also can measure my body composition, but it cannot measure my weight. Therefore it needs the weight as a reference value because body composition is obviously often measured in percent. So if I do have 15% body fat, 
that's only 15% if I do have a given value that it can be referenced. So the denominator may be 75 kilograms, for example, and then out of this 10% or 10 kilograms, for example, is body fat, which I didn't calculate in my head, but which results in 13% body fat, which is actually not what I actually have, because according to my body fat scan, and now we can just take a look into the app, and very conveniently, this app also stores all of my data. So the days of me writing down things in Excel spreadsheets, and Excel spreadsheets are previously with just handwritten notes of me doing runs and then writing down my average heart rate, because my Polar Watch didn't synchronize with anything at all, are gone. So now, here we have my current my current statement of results, you could say. It is in German because I didn't figure out after the update of the app how to set this app into English again, and it didn't seem to work. So what we have down here is my biologisches Alter, which is my biological age, and it says 22, which is very nice because I'm actually 26. Even a little bit more than 26, and there is also an argument to be made about, am I actually 26? Because if we take biological age into account, there are many cells in my body that are probably older than 26. Because if you are born here, you already existed before a certain amount of time. Of course, now this is ethics, this also has to do with maybe, and of course, in regards to abortion, this is also quite interesting and therefore an interesting question. When does life actually begin to exist? When is something that is cells in a body, in another body, or maybe in the future in machines, when is this considered a human? But as a matter of fact, there are cells in my body which have multiplied, which have, which are basically the original cells, you could say. Even though they have multiplied, it is also still the original DNA, so you could make the argument that maybe you are nine months older than you actually are. Of course, now, there are different stages to this. Maybe the stage in which you look like a frog, maybe the stage in which you don't really look like a frog, but similar uh, to stages the frog looks like when it is at a stage pre-born. So now there are multiple stages in which you could say that this is where you actually are. What I figured out for myself is that I that it probably makes sense to account for at least eight months or seven months. I don't have the exact date in mind, but this is also just something to keep in mind. If we actually want to see the, the biological age, then of course all of this is skewed by us being actually older than we actually are, because our cells are older at least. Our brain also might be older, because our brain already existed before. Did it exist in the state at which it is in now for this amount of time? No, but it also didn't before. So. Of course, you could now say that there is a curve, that there is a curve of the brain, maybe in the beginning it's like this, and then it goes drastically up, and therefore, and then it goes like this. And then it only, up until age 25, doesn't reach different stages anymore. There has to be, obviously, a solution, but the solution to just say, whenever you're born, you're age zero, is probably not a solution that is actually accurate. So, I think, with just removing this or moving this a little bit behind, you might actually be more accurate because if you measure how how old your cells are, then obviously they are older than they are zero at your birth date. Now, I call this body composition, even though this app here says biologically age, because it is based on body composition. And 
I, the metric body composition tells me that I have a body composition of someone who is age 22, which is nice. Now, why would people of different ages even have different body compositions? Maybe because as of currently, due to civilization and due to food and so on and so forth, and due also maybe due to the obesity epidemic, people might just, this is just a theory of mine. So if this is your starting weight here, and before, of course, it increased somewhat linearly. If then, ideally, you reach your adult age and height, and then maybe you build some muscle, maybe you don't, it would be stagnant. But for most people, probably, this is just a thesis, or this is just why this would even make sense that the body composition is. As you age, your muscle mass decreases after age 25 or so, it begins to decrease. Without you intervening, it begins to decrease. So therefore, your, your muscle mass actually goes down. Therefore, your body composition already goes down. Maybe there is an additional effect, and that's the hypothesis, that people just... So if you overeat in your youth, it is used for growth. But if you overeat in your adult life, let's say one times a month, then this accumulates in a linear curve, and therefore your body composition actually worsens, worsens even if the other things are also fixed. There is also maybe a change in bone density. So, and not, not also maybe, but there is probably one. So therefore your body composition is kind of an indicator probably of this. Now, back to my nice diagram here. We now have the first age. The second age now is the one that I can calculate based on. This is just one metric that tells me how healthy my heart is, or at least some metric of my heart. And this is the classic formula. You take 220, your ideal maximum heart rate at age zero, even though before you also had a heart rate, which also, again, is confusing. And I deduct my chronological age, and this then is the maximum heart rate I would have based on this formula, which is, as you might already have guessed, if you are good in mental calculation, 194. Now I need to compare this to my actual maximum heart rate. Very conveniently, I did wear a fitness tracker for over two years now, at this point in time, before a Galaxy Active 2, and now for the last year since September, so one and a half years almost, I have the Galaxy Watch 4 on my wrist. This means, at least for the last year, the, there was somewhat of a consistent device that measured my heart rate. Now, very conveniently, within Samsung Health, I can access heart rate. And I can also access minimum and maximum measurements. And these are these lines. These are the maximum measurements for a given month. So now, or for a given week, depending on the timescale. So now, ideally, I would find a time frame which has the most accurate readings. The question is, did I in the last day, for example, reach my maximum heart rate? Probably not, because of course, for reaching maximum heart rate, you have to demand something that actually your body responds to with this heart rate. So now, within the last week, for example, would probably not be the best idea, unless you have a scheduled weekly maximum heart rate training, for example. I don't. So therefore, the last 31 days would be even more accurate or make more sense. Within the last 90 days, I had a maximum heart rate of 190. So I didn't work out quite as intensively because as within the last 12 months says that I have reached a heart rate of 200 
maximum. So now, of course, the question is, what do we take? But I think it makes sense to take just one of these values and not to additionally add a layer of calculation in between. So therefore, I choose either 31 days, one month, or 12 months. I mean, if I wanted to now positively influence this measurement, which of course I probably would, because I'm human and I want to have a biological age that is very nice and not appear very old, then I would take the 12 months. But since I do want to also create an incentive for myself to not rely on past historic versions of me reaching this, this maximal heart rate and therefore need to, within the last month, actually reach this heart rate, this heart rate, if I actually want to continue to have this value of this heart rate, then I take the 31 days and therefore also increase the pressure for me to at least once a month and get to a heart rate as high as this. And therefore also incentivize myself to go more intense about training. And therefore actually over the long time term make it more likely that this measurement is actually an indicator of what this actually is because then I actually am probably more healthy. So we take 194 and now it's 190. This means I'm four years older. This means I'm 30. My heart rate max age is 30. Not very nice, at least based on the last month. And this formula. Now we already have two values, which is now difficult. Why? Because how do we distribute these two values? How do we proportion these two values? We could just take the average, which would be the obvious, not obvious. It's not that obvious. The normal average we take would basically weigh them each equally. So we would just add these two, sum them up and divide them by two again. So we would have an equal weight. But what if this is actually more indicating or this is more indicating of biological age than the other one? That's something, an additional layer of calculation. I probably am not really authorized, not really authorized, but I'm not too knowledgeable about. And it also has to be simple. Um, of course, in Excel, if I calculate this later in Excel, I can just make it more difficult and also maybe take another formula into account. But there aren't standardized formulas for this yet, at least as of my knowledge and at least also as of my research. Research, just googling things. So therefore, I just take these two numbers and probably sum them up and divide them by the number of factors. I don't know how, what the factors of a sum are actually called. In German, we have a word for this. It's called summanden. In English, there is not a word. The terms of the sum. So just standard procedure. Very conveniently now, my gym has an app or at least partners with an app. And this app has also a biological age, but a strength age. So now we have body composition, we have kind of heart age, even though only based on one metric. And then ideally we have the third one, which is then strength. And this is very convenient because the fourth one will then be cardiovascular age. And it is also calculated based on my recorded activities. Very nice. So my strength age, according to this app, which bases is its measurements on six devices, so six machines in my local gym, six different spots, they stand next to each other. And each of these are connected to, with a network cable to the internet. And every time you do, for example, you can do back extensions. And if you do these back extensions, the machine actually adapts to you 
because usually you have to set the seat to a certain height and so on and so forth. But since this is automated, this is just happening. And then what this app does is it transfers the data to the internet and it, the internet transfers it to me, which is nice because then I only need an NFC chip to just log in. Now, based on these six measurements on these six different machines, it can take measurements and these are mostly, not mostly, but if you, for example, do your normal bench at home and maybe you have a slightly different angle and so on and so forth, this is not quite standardized. But if it is as, as standardized as this and there is a trainer that actually sets the height of the seat and, and so on and so forth and you probably won't grow that much within, the, within a period of like two months, at least for me because I'm kind of grown up and out and I won't grow taller, I guess, then this is a fairly standardized measurement, at least as standardized as it can get within me not going to a facility where I actually would do something like this or measure my VO2 max in a laboratory. Now, what this takes into account are different things. So we have, first of all, the strength itself. So the absolute strength. So if we click on this, for example, what we can see, if we click on this, then what we can see is that it is based on these different measurements. What I also could do is I could manually input my own measurements of barbell row, for example, so of additional exercises I do in the gym. And if we click on here, for example, on one, then we can also see, this is not the one I actually wanted to, but this is the one I wanted to. So in here, we can see that there are two different measurements. So for example, this here are the chest muscles and then the back muscles. And if they are balanced, this is good. And if they are not balanced, this is not good. So the worse they are balanced, the less or the more negative the effect on your strength age actually is. And then we can also see the absolute strength if we go on here and then we see, so there is only one value. And it seems there is no data for this period because the yearly period is just now. And it synchronized two values as we can see. And this, these are just different values and it calculates and updates the strength age according to what I'm actually able to pull and push and so on in the gym. So according to these different parts, my upper body and my back, my abdominal muscles and my back muscles, and then my quads and my, and the other ones, my, what are the other ones actually called? Quadriceps and hamstrings. According to these, my strength age is 43, which is also fairly disappointing, I would say. So now, the next clue is my cardiovascular age. And now I searched for something like this for a long time and I didn't find it. And what I did find though is a formula within another app, which is called Life Extend, which this is also kind of about, you could call it longevity. You could also call it increasing lifespan or increase, increasing health span because lifespan is only how long you live, but health span is how long you live kind of healthy. The app I found is called Life Extend Health Coach and now we open up the app and what we can see is that we can also synchronize data from other services. In this case, I think Google Fit, but it also synchronizes data from, for example, your Keto Mojo, which is also very nice, or it also can sync data from Biosense, which is a breath monitor for ketones whenever fasting. Since fasting seems to kind of positively influence longevity, this seems to also be valuable. It then gives you life points, as you can see here. 
I often confuse on which screen I actually have to tap on to focus. And well, then it gives you life points. But there is also a formula for calculating your age. You can do a checkup and then you can calculate your biological age. And this is based on a few data points. And we will now calculate my biological age. So now we have different biometrics. So my weight is in here and the weight is already synchronized from either Google or something fit. I'm not entirely sure, but we can then look it up. So we have my weight. Uh, we also have a few other things which I cannot read because the screen is too uh, small actually. My fasting blood glucose, which we also have. And I just looked it up because I do have a blood glucose monitor, which I sometimes do track. And I tracked my fasting blood glucose after like 24 hours and 46 hours and so on and so forth, and just input the raw data. Ideally now, you would have something like either a consistent blood glucose monitor called CGM, which costs a ridiculous amount of money, usually about 200 per month or even only per 14 days, I'm not entirely sure about that. And then 200 per year, if you measure it, for example, with levels of one of these services. Another one would be NutriSense, and they also are ranging in about 200 euros a month. Sometimes you get additional coaching, but this is just not something I currently see as a viable financial in investment. For 200 euros, for example, I could just buy a hot strap. I could also just upgrade my soon to be on this wrist-worn Garmin to the latest Garmin and so on and so forth. So I think at least the budgeting just for this specific purpose of health, improving health, there are better investments to be made probably. So we also have my resting heart rate, which I also have from Samsung Health and they didn't calculate it automatically. Also we have my blood pressure and in here I took the latest reading of this watch even though I also had readings from normal blood pressure monitors. And as I said, I also, I didn't say it right now, but I also need for my system of measuring all of this, my, I do need at least a blood pressure monitor to calibrate this watch. And currently I do not have one. They are ranging from 60 to 150 euros. Sometimes they come smart. Actually, there is one from Garmin, which I have looked into, but it's not available in my country yet. And it also probably costs about 150, whereas others cost maybe 60 euros and also sync with Samsung Health. Then two other things that you want maybe to measure are peak expiratory flow. This is not VO2 max or something like this. This is how much you can basically push out air until you don't have any air anymore. And you can measure this with a small device, which I actually had in my childhood because there seemingly were some issues with me. And this is how this was measured kind of. And forced expiratory volume. So these two measurements, the peak expiratory flow, flow is an individual's maximum speed of exhalation. It is measured by a peak flow meter flow rates, and these are probably fairly cheap, maybe five to 10 euros, I guess. Flow rates are relatively, uh, relative to the individual and one below 80% could signify a less than optimal breathing day. So this is something I would also need to look in if I at least want to adhere to this formula. And then forced expiratory volume. What is this? Similar to PEF, the the former one, forced expiratory volume is the maximum amount of air you can exhale in one second. So the other one seems to be the speed and this is the air volume. Now, these two are not in here, but these two are also not required because they don't have stars. So now I can, 
I also inputted that I exercise most days of the week, which is on average true, and my dietary pattern is ketogenic usually, on average. So then I click on calculate, and what this results in is a calendar age of 26, surprisingly, and a biological age of 21, and a lifespan estimate of 73 to 83, which is actually not that much. 73 years would mean that I only have 47 years to live. I actually calculated this because I don't want to make mistakes and I sometimes maybe make mistakes mentally. So also, if you include now the risk of you getting hit by a car, of you just dying on a, when skiing, for example, or on a bike, I think it makes sense to reduce your actual life expectation maybe by 25 years. But this results in for me is that I kind of see, and this is might seem totally ridiculous, but if you actually calculate all these different risks in of you getting killed by external forces, not by internal ones, and of course you could also get sick in the next five years, or in the next five hours, or in the next five days, or in the next five months. So I think it makes sense to kind of calculate in your head that it, you only have to live until you're 50. And all the major things you want to do are then done. Of course, if you then are 50 and you are still living, that's super nice. And maybe you still have a biological age of 25, that would be even nicer. But calculating all these different risks, I think it makes sense to at least deduct one third of your lifespan from for the external risks. And this means for me that I basically have lived over half of my life already, which is kind of, well, much. So therefore we have 21 as the result of this checkup. So now the question is, because this is a multi-dimensional checkup, already calculating maybe different risks, should we also calculate this within this other one? And maybe just take different values or different values are weighted differently. But let's just not do that and see all the sources I have for my biological age and just, and of course the heart rate maximum formula also I think include NF includes other factors probably because there are also correlations and so on and so forth so therefore let's just take it and let's just say life extent so le the le value is 21 which is nice because this is the only value apart from body composition that is actually lower than actually chronological age even though i tried and i tried in the last years to eat healthy and to work out and so on and so forth i actually started working out strength with age 12 around and still my strength age is 43. Now we enter the next stage. As of yesterday, I got my first Garmin watch. I might switch to a different Garmin watch, to the 6 Phoenix 6S Pro. But now, if we go into Garmin, it already calculated my fitness age. And my fitness age now is mostly based on my cardiovascular age because they, so, so Garmin doesn't know how much I lift. So therefore, we call this cardio age. And now I do have a fair amount of representation, at least of my body composition, what my body comp ex exists or consists of. My heart as maybe the most important pumping organ. Of course, I do not have a brain age yet and so on and so forth and all the different organs are things you can measure. If you wanna further dive into this, dig into this, then Brian Johnson with his blueprint is a good, is maybe a good source. Then my strength age is 43 and I couldn't improve it over the last two months, even though I tried, and I tried as hard as I could in these trainings and also good posture, but I just didn't. And LE, this formula, spits out 21, 
And now my cardiovascular age, according to Garmin Health, which is only based on a few activities, but I also synchronized all the other activities from Samsung Health to Garmin Health, but I think it only calculated it as of yesterday. And also the function is only, the feature is only available as of yesterday. And it says that I'm, that I do have a fitness age of 22.5. Nice again, because this means I'm not that old biologically. Now within Garmin Connect, very helpfully, it also says if I reduce my BMI to 20.7, given that I probably would not reduce my muscle mass, and muscle mass is also probably you just don't lose as easily as many make it seem like, then I could somehow decrease it. And if I say that it is achievable and so I would have to decrease it to 20.7, then with all these different things, if I do them right, I can decrease my fitness age or reduce it by up to 4.5 years. So I could be, my cardio age could be 18 again, which is ridiculously good, I guess, because it just means with more cardio, I could just improve this all. Now, I do already have an Excel spreadsheet, which I also try to calculate my biological age already. I mean, ideally you would have different things installed where you actually then could very easily get the biological age. Basically writing a program that automatically spits out your biological age. But since I'm not a scientist in any kind of way, I think it makes more sense to rely on basically services that provide different biological ages for me and just to try to improve these. Apart from, of course, I mean, of course, I could also invest a lot of time into making up my own formula and maybe the VHO in the future comes out with a, a standardized formula in which you then could put in all these different values. And of course, you also then have to account for the accuracy of these different measurement devices. So therefore, I think something like the strength age in the gym measured by these six devices is probably a fairly good estimate and also a fairly accurate estimate compared to the estimates I would be able to do. Now, of course, there are a lot of other things you can track and do. But since Garmin already puts out a cardio age, I already have a strength age. I already have another additional formula, which I can also very easily access and which also integrates with the data of the other apps I use. I basically have these automatic calculations and the one calculation I have to do is the one with the heart rate and also body composition is an automatic calculation that is also completely automatic. I only have to step on my scale every single day. Now, of course, there are a few other things. VO2 max, for example, is really important. I do not have a VO2 max age calculator, so I would have to come up with my own one. My VO2 max is, I think, around 56, so the number. And then, of course, there is the relative thing you can calculate. But since I only got the Garmin watch yesterday and Samsung Health doesn't really do a good job of calculating VO2 max only within certain conditions and so on and so forth, and there is no dedicated graph for actually and a trend line and so on and so forth. You could do and track other things like uh, Brian Johnson, for example, tracks how much he's able to stretch in certain positions. Additionally, you could track all the different organs and trying to assess with multiple data points all the different, the age of the different organs. So what I have written down is an, an anatomy. So you would have your NAD levels, white blood cells, of course, a blood panel would also be nice if you could calculate this automatically. There is a service called Heads Up, which automatically gives you, if you enter your blood results, 
it automatically says if these blood results are good and or bad. And maybe in the future, this will also calculate a, bi a biological age based on your blood results and your blood levels of different markers like testosterone, like like the NAD levels, like your LDL, your HDL and so on and so forth. Blood pressure is also something that is also already included here. So I already found the better calculator compared to the one I actually made up in Excel. White blood cell count is also something Brian Johnson saw. I basically wrote down different things Brian Johnson had. And what I also do track is a deadlift, pull-up, push-up, vertical jump. That's not what I do track, but what I should track. I didn't find a good uh, solution for tracking my vertical jump because you need one of these things where you can touch the ceiling or there are these basically pens, different pens, Imagine these are pens and you can just push them at a certain height and this is then when you can jump. Uh, bench press, 100 meter sprint, 100 meter, 1000 meter sprint and so on and so forth. So you could track a lot of different distances and measurements when swimming, when cycling and so on and so forth. Of course, of course, when cycling, there is a, it has to be again standardized. So ideally in the gym and so on and so forth. And then with how much wet you produce, how much wattage you produce, you could then again compare yourself against uh, uh, average database of the average population. Maybe not compared to the Garmin Connect users because these are probably a subset of the population that is comparably more fit. So if you compare yourself against people who are already investing a lot, hundreds of euros into this ecosystem called Garmin Connect or also wearing a Samsung watch, maybe not that big of an indicator and therefore not, not that much of a, of a decrease in size of the subset and therefore resulting in a in a different result of taking then the average out of the subset and comparing yourself to these. So just a few other ones. Dominant hand, grip strength, uh, YMCA sit and reach. This is the one where he reaches. Push up, continuous, leg press, VO2 max. And these are all from Brian Johnson, actually. We scroll down the Excel sheet, Excel sheet a little bit more and I don't have anything left. So now just based, I. I don't think, because these are fairly valuable measurements, and if I now put in something like, okay, how many push-ups can I do continuously? Probably around 25 to 50, depending on my form, and also depending on my current form of my body. So I have been able to to have like 60 continuous push-ups at one point. I don't know what I'm currently capable of. And pull-ups maybe around 20, Eight, I think, or 26 or 27 was my maximum with good posture and so on and so forth. So if I take random strength measurements or cardiovascular and strength combined measurements kind of, and I then have them on a equal weight in this function in here, I think this would again kind of distort the function. So therefore, let's just calculate these five different values and then we have my current biological age. Summing up all of these values gives me 130. 8.5 and now I divide them by 5 and ideally this would result in me being 18 but it doesn't. My biological age according to these values is 27.7 which is approximately one year older or about 1.2 years older or 1.3 years older than I actually am which is bad because well I would like it to be younger so reversing my at least chronological age my biological age that would be equal to my biological, my chronological age and therefore act as an indicator is currently not successful yet. 
I think also there is an argument to be made that you want an index. And this index is something I already thought about, but maybe I haven't thought through this much in a different video already. It would be to establish a ratio between your actual chronological and your biological age. The question is, which way round should it be? So there are two options. The first one is BI divided by CI, and the second one would be CI divided by BI. So let's say you are 100 and the adult age is 50. So 100 divided by 50 would mean your biological, so this, this ratio would mean in this scenario, if you have double your chronological age and you're half your biological age, your biological age is half your chronological age, then this would give you a ratio of 0 0.5. Since we usually like things to go up, points, there are points that are given in exercises, in exams and so on and so forth, it would make sense if you increase your ratio that it would be better. I think it would not, so either it should be close to zero, so this would be a nice metal frame, I just need to get it to zero, or it should be bigger and better. If you did it the other way around, then I actually did it the other way around already, because this obviously equals to two, because CI is 100 and the other one is 50, and this would equal in 0.5. So now the question is, which one of these values is better for basically understanding this? Um, if we increase chronological age, then this value increases. So therefore, as biological age decreases also, this value increases. No, it decreases. So let's say both were identical, which is the, the, the main assumption you have with average population and so on and so forth then this would be one. Now, the better it is, the more space there is between the actual number and one, positively. And the worse it is, let's just forget what I told you. Let's just put it this way. The ideal ratio is, let's just say the optimum is zero. The optimum of the biological age is zero because then all your cells are super fresh. If this goes close to zero, then this whole term goes to infinity. So we would have a number that is very big. And the other one would mean if the upper one goes to zero and the other one is fixed, so bi goes close to zero and the other one is some number. If you divide zero by some number, then it is also still zero. So the two different options would be to have both of them are obviously standardized to one. If now, one increases or decreases the biological age, in this scenario, the ideal outcome would be infinity. And I also just realized that uh, you didn't see all the thing. The ideal outcome would be infinity. And for here, the ideal outcome would be zero. Now, given that you can do something about your BI, but you cannot do something about your CI, and therefore CI is fairly constant, given it, it just grows, as time grows. So it grows with every year plus one year. But BI can be reversed in the future probably with a higher rate than one per year. So it can be decreased maybe at three years per year. And that's also kind of happening already. Every four or five years, I think you get, or every 10 years, you get, I think, two or three years of additional age, basically, due to technological advancements. Maybe there is also the statistical effect of people dying off that are less healthier and so on and so forth. I don't exactly know about that. Now the question obviously is which would be better? I actually don't know but based on us giving out points and so on for exams and higher numbers being usually better 
and functions designed in a way that higher numbers are better, maybe this is the thing to go for. Or the other thing um, would also be just very good. Uh, if your bi to ci ratio is close to zero, this means you're basically, you can live infinitely, but you can also live infinitely if you actually have an infinite value. So therefore, the higher the value, the better would maybe be a better ratio. Because if some somebody, let's just imagine, somebody has a super good ratio, then in this scenario, it's like 0 0.00005 or 0 0.2 compared to somebody else 0 0.11 then I think, again, it would make sense to maybe display it in percentages because then you get rid of the zero. So therefore, you could say it's either percentages or either pro or even promil, and you could say that someone has a ratio of 50% and somebody else managed to get down to 25%, but somebody else got down to 0.5%. So this would be the one scenario. And the other scenario is that one would have like 100 and the other one would have like 150 and the other one would have like 650. I think this one would be better, I guess, just because more points equals better. And so so if we now take these two indexes and calculate them for myself, then this one would be 0.6. So I'm currently at 106% if we displayed it in percent, and I need to get down to 0% ideally. And for this here, we divide 26 by 27.7, and this ratio outputs 0.96, which is bad. Because if the number is smaller than one on this side, it means that my CI is lower than my BI, which is bad because ideally your BI would be very low. Of course, you could also calculate the distance and this would be a fairly easy value actually. Because, but the problem is that you cannot really optimize this value much. So if you say, on the other hand, and now I just have all of these. I actually maybe should have taken a screenshot, but of course I can afterwards of all of these different values because I also maybe want to store this value somehow. So now if you calculate the distance, then currently what I do have is 1.7 years. And ideally the distance would be bigger, but of course the distance has also to be defined. So you cannot just subtract the one thing from the other. The distance needs to be either the one distance, so from bi to zero or from or let's just say from ci to zero or from ci to the other, to the other, to infinity basically. So 1.7 alone doesn't say anything because it could be that I'm actually 1.7 years younger or older. That's what I'm trying to say. So again, you would have to say either bi to ci or minus basically or ci minus bi. And CI minus BI in my case would be minus 1.7, and this year would be 1.7. Biological age 27, and then we, and then this is the outcome. Now the problem here is that the biological age cannot be optimized that much. If you are at age 18, for example, if you get it down to age 18, and that's let's just say this is the optimum age for all different organs and so on and so forth, then the maximum difference grows with every single year. So therefore, if you compare somebody who is 100 and compare somebody who is 50 chronologically, but they both manage to get down to 18, then of course the other one has a value that is 50%, not 50%, but 50 years higher, which is bad. Because then the comparison is just kind of off. Because the comparison is based on who is older, who is chronologically older is basically an advantage. Of course, it's also an advantage in the other one, but since this is based on absolute values and the other one is relative, I would argue that the absolute ones have more impact on these, on these outcomes.
ideally, you want to create a system in which the incentives for you for reducing your biological age or a certain number, the CI, the CIBI or the BI, are basically aligned with the incentives to decrease mortality. So biological, reducing your biological age would equal to the same incentives to living as healthy as you possibly can and therefore living as long as you possibly can. Which of course is not really identical because this also would mean that you have to do a risk assessment of, of your activities. Is skiing actually something that is really valuable then? Because if you're moving with 60 kilometers per hour down a hill and there are lots of other people moving, then the, the likelihood of you getting an injury in these few hours is probably higher or the impact on mortality might be higher on average compared to you flying in a plane and getting exposed to space radiation. Ideally, would, we would therefore establish a system. Maybe there's an app in which everybody gets life points, just like the app Life Extend, that would account for all of these different factors. And therefore, you see by either C by minus CI, no, by minus psi, or psi minus by, or by psi and psi by the ratios, would then equal in a kind of comparable metric where you then could compare yourself against your friends and you could see who is biologically the youngest. But of course, all of these ratios are also just, hmm, there's a this, this problem. This problem of reducing the biological age as a, as a kind of marker is this. An 18 year old already has 18 years because it's identical. So therefore an 18 year old reducing his biological age to 10 would probably be not much of a benefit. So therefore this person, but this person could also eat less junk food maybe. This person already could exercise. So therefore biological age is just not a very good marker because the problem is that the optimum is not zero or infinity, but the optimum is actually maybe close to 18. Let's say an 18 year old is the best you can have. Then your biological age as a predictor, as an indicator for your mortality, would basically be very high here and then it would go down again. So this would kind of be the optimal point you want to reach if this is how much of your biological age converts into actual actual things that make you live longer. No, also in frame. What I think is would be the best is to not calculate ratios. But what you actually could do is calculate the rate, the aging rate. Brian Johnson, for example, currently ages at a rate of 0.7. So this means he has about three months every year where he doesn't age anymore. Of course, he ages constantly. But if he's just, say, for one given year, he ages for a few months and then he doesn't age anymore for the last three, let's just say, then this is probably the best indicator. And if you get this to zero, then you don't age anymore. And if an 18-year-old gets this to zero, then he also doesn't age anymore. And if a 10-year-old gets this to zero, then he also doesn't age anymore. I mean, does a 10-year-old want to not age anymore? In the good ways, yes. In the bad ways, no. Because of course he still wants his brain to develop. He still also wants to grow and so on and so forth. So reversing biological age is just not a marker that aligns with longevity in all of these different areas. And therefore we have to find a different one. And this one is maybe the aging rate and the aging rate might be good. And of course there is also an argument to be, to be made about the second deviation of the aging rate. The aging rate is of course the first deviation, not deviation, but the first derivative of the normal aging process. 
the absolute aging function that is actually a linear function because with every single year you get just one year older in terms of chronological age at least. And now if you calculate the biological rate then and you have 0.7 then this would be something to aim for maybe to get it down to zero. And if it is more than one then you are basically doing bad things because if you're aging two years within one year then you're probably not actually decreasing your biological age but your speed of increasing your biological age is compared to your chronological age is probably worse twice as high so either get these two ratios down to zero the one ratio down to zero the other ratio down to infinity or the subtraction of these two different values as high as possible but this then doesn't account for the absolute impact of the higher ages so if somebody is 150 and so on and so forth as i explained then this gives him a benefit compared to an 18 year old because the 18 year old has the distance of bi to ci of zero whereas the 150 year old has another distance that is actually 132. in total one can say that probably for most people understandable is still the rate of aging which is maybe 0.5 in the future or 0.0 in the future and if one wanted to be extra extra analytic then you could take the second derivative because this is how this develops over time if the rate also increases or decreases of course this also has an impact you want ideally all of these changes to be negative so this rate should decrease over time and then the decrease of the decrease should also decrease over time and so on and so forth until you reach zero and you don't age anymore but of course for many people if you just don't age anymore and you are 150 and can't move anymore and you are bed bound you actually want a rate that is negative so getting it to zero is again not a goal you actually want a negative rate so with every single year you don't you don't even age zero years but you actually want a reduction in age which would result in a negative rate and if you just say okay every 10 years i go to a health clinic and reduce my biological age by 10 years then for this week for these few days you probably would get a value that is like minus 10 for example or minus 100 because the year that is usually the thing we base it upon has of course 365 days so maybe you have then a value of minus 200 at least for these few days and of course if you then average it out for a given year then then the value changes again but ideally to minus 10. and that's the progress of calculating my biological age formally on this page and what this actually means 